everybody. It's Jeff Cross, your host of Friends with Employee Benefits. I know our millions of listeners have been wondering, where have you guys been? We haven't heard an episode in in a long time. And the fact is, we took a little break between seasons, uh, but we're back at it. And we are jumping in with both feet uh, on a very timely topic, and that is um, vaccine mandates and vaccine policy. A lot of you employers are wondering right now, what do we do? Do we mandate vaccines? Do we not? Do we, how do we track it? There's a lot of questions still flying around, particularly with the Delta variant spiking and you know the, uh, the fall season arriving and kids going back to school. So we have as uh, an esteemed guest today, Riley Billion, and Riley is from our HR consulting practice at One Digital, and she's here to answer all those questions for you. So sit back, relax, take a listen. You're going to love this episode. Here we go. Riley, you know, a lot of employers over the past month or so have come out and said that they're going to start mandating the COVID vaccine. Uh, just more and more employers we're hearing from. Uh, a lot of our, are inquiring about, you know, whether or not they should or could do that. Even in Connecticut, our governor, Lamont, has mandated vaccines for state employees by a certain date. And so, you know, it seems to be uh, uh, it seems to be gaining momentum, this idea of mandating vaccines. Is that a common theme that you're seeing with your with your uh, uh, HR consulting customers? Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. So I think even if we went back a few months, we were a little bit more cautious about recommending mandating the vaccines and less and less clients even wanted to go there. And now we're seeing a different realm where bigger companies have started to mandate it, where I feel like that allows smaller companies to know that they have the backing to be able to do that as well. And the market is moving in that direction too. Um, I will say, about 50-50 of my clients are now mandating the vaccine where prior to the last month, it was 0%. So we know from a legal standpoint, and to your point, we, we, you and I have been on panels together yeah. with, you know, with, uh, with lawyers and other experts and so forth and compliance experts. And they've said all along, well, look, you know, yeah, you can mandate, mm-hmm. but, you know, there are some things you, need, you should be considering from an HR standpoint before you do that. So what, what concerns would you have from just purely not legal, but from an HR standpoint about mandating the vaccine? Yeah, a few different things, Jeff. So first and foremost, we want to be thinking about your culture, right? And so keeping that at the forefront of your mind, if we mandate vaccines, what are what's going to be the reaction from employees to that positive, negative, indifferent? And how do we want to be strategically going forward in that sense about it? We want to be taking that. Now, also, we need to have a straightforward process and policy that's communicated to employees and allows for this famous word we've all heard recently, exemptions. So whether that be somebody who cannot receive the vaccine for medical-related purpose or can't receive it for a religious-related reason, how do they request an exemption in going through that process with HR? So making sure that we have all of our ducks in a row before we mandate the policy policy is really important. I also think too, with the talk about a booster shot, we need to be making sure that we are keeping record of when somebody needs to receive that booster shot 
uh, one conversation I just had before we came on here with a client was we want to mandate the vaccine. And I had mentioned to them, well, that also means that we're mandating the booster shot too. There could be some people in a camp who got the vaccine, but for whatever reason, aren't willing to get that booster shot. So just thinking through all of these different avenues that could happen. Well, are you suggesting that the employer should be involved with tracking when an employee is due for the booster? Is that the employer's responsibility, really? So is it the employer's responsibility? If you're mandating the vaccine and you're requiring employees to be vaccinated, Mm -hmm. that includes being fully vaccinated under a booster shot as well. So in order to keep track of that, absolutely, you need to know when somebody is due for a booster shot, which then doesn't it make you feel like you're starting to be a little bit of a doctor's office? It, it sure does. You know, how do you track whether it be the regular vaccines or the booster yeah. or both? How does an employer track these w- in a way that still, to some degree, at least protects confidentiality and personal health information? Is it, aren't we getting into some muddy water here? Yeah, it's definitely tricky in some ways. So first and foremost, if you're collecting any paperwork medically related, meaning I've got my vaccine confirmation, here's my card, we're keeping a copy of that. It has to be kept completely confidential in a separate file outside of the employee's employee file where you keep other medical records locked nobody else has access to it, right? So that's one thing. Some of our clients have gotten a little bit creative because they say we don't want any necessary, quote unquote, much of a paper trail, right? Mm -hmm. And so they'll say, show us a copy. We don't need to keep it, but flash me a picture over Zoom or send or bring it in if we're in person and just show me that. I'll mark you down on a list that's kept completely confidential and we will go from there. So what happens though, if you've got somebody who's, who's sort of, um, I mean, isn't one of the considerations key, like a key employee who is for whatever reason, not comfortable either getting the vaccine or sharing their personal health decision. They say, you know what, this is between me and my doctor you're my employer. You've got no business, you know, this get, get out of my wheelhouse here. This is none of your business. Do employers have to be careful about that, particularly with, with, with um, a workforce now that a lot of people are very transient. They're looking at other opportunities. They're considering making a change. There's a competition for good labor. Like, are, are we, yeah. are we, have we reached the point where we're recommending mandating and tracking or, or do we want to still say, Hmm, maybe we should incentivize and not mandate. And the unique thing is that we can provide employers with the options, right? And your options certainly are out there and let's vet them out on a case-by-case basis based upon your risk, your reward, your benefit of mandating or not. Now, if you're a company who is completely remote, do you want to mandate the vaccine when you don't have the risk of having people be in person and spreading COVID in that way? We have clients who said, we want to do our own kind of do part of getting people vaccinated. So regardless that we're all remote, we're still mandating the vaccine because we feel like that's the best thing to do holistically. Um, We also certainly have clients who say, we're not running the risk 
of letting our best and brightest go because they might not want to get the vaccine. Um, so I know it's tricky and there's no black and white here. I do think though employers feel empowered to have more options about mandating the vaccine if they would like to. Yeah. Let's say that we're not going to mandate. We're going to say, look, if you don't get the vaccine, we're going to track. And if you don't, you're going to have to take a, you're going to have to test negative yep. on a, you know, a weekly, you know, every other day basis, whatever. But isn't that going to be expensive for the employer if they're picking up the tab? It would be. And it's, it's tricky because I've had conversations with clients who say, do we need to pick up the tab? And our recommendation, you know, looking at all of the different regulatory bodies is unfortunately, yeah, it is on your tab because it's an express requirement of employment. And so we are, as the employer, requiring you as the employee to get the test. And therefore, we should front the cost for that. And you're right, Jeff, it does add up in cost. And so are there other ways in mediations that we can put in place that might not have somebody be getting a test? There are certainly free vaccine websites um, that are out there where you can go, or excuse me, free testing, locate locators. Yeah, yeah. There's home, I think there are home tests now available as yeah. well. If you're, I mean, if you're willing to do that at home. <laughs> yeah. So if an employer makes testing for unvaccinated a condition of employment yeah so okay you don't want to get vaccinated fine then you have to test could they ask the employee to pick up the tab for the test you could but you run the risk of potentially not being in compliance fully 100 yeah. percent, right yeah. so uh, we've been reading and this is a popular question that's out there and there are even certain states i know california of course california being one of them who yeah. has said employers have to front the cost. Yeah. And I do think, you know, from, uh, again, a compliance standpoint, it, yeah. it isn't super clear, but more not more than not employers should be fronting the cost. Yeah. Better to be safe than sorry. The safe thing to do is to pick up the tab. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to mandate testing for unvaccinated. Yeah. What about health-related exemptions for getting the vaccine? So can can a company, are you being discriminatory in any way as an employer to say, well, look, we're mandating the vaccine, but, you know, but there, there are certain people that can get exemptions for medical reasons, or if they get a note from their doctor, you know, um, and, um, and not have to test. Like, I mean, how how varied or how sort of tactical in, in, in an approach can an employer be in terms of not applying the same rule across the board period to every employee? Well, you have to, right? And so we have to set that consistent precedence. And if there is a legitimate reason, meaning medical or religious, that legally is allowed for an exemption. We have to explore that with the individual and their provider and whether that be, you know, getting paperwork from their medical healthcare physician or yeah. even from their religious body and going through a, a very formalized process mm -hmm. where it isn't you just come to me and you say you can't get the vaccine and we say, okay, no problem. We say, okay, great. Let's have a conversation about it let's here's a medical certification for your doctor to fill out and we let's we'll get that back and we'll go from there 
that's not a violation of PHI, you know, personal health information or, or confidentiality. It definitely isn't, but let's even go pre-COVID times when somebody was just requesting an accommodation not related to COVID or a vaccine of any nature. We went through the same process with them of right. here's a form for your doctor to fill out. Here are the very pointed questions that we're asking them. We're not asking for you to disclose why necessarily you can't get the vaccine, but we do need some information about what that accommodation needs to be. Yeah. And as long as we're consistent with what mm -hmm. we're requesting, what we're asking for, then, we're, then an employer is going to be safe to, to do that. It's, it's similar, I guess, to there are, um, you know, wellness programs or well-being programs that say, uh, if you get your annual physical, you know, you have wellness points and you might get a, a reduction of your your insurance premium uh, and, and and they would accept uh, a physician attestation. So it'd be a similar thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, having that physician sign off on it, we need right. that um, in order to be formalized in our process and legitimate. I wonder, you know, some people could say, well, wait a second, I'm, I didn't get the vaccine because I had COVID. So I developed the antibodies, I've got natural immunity. Um, and therefore, I, I, could that be a reasonable medical waiver for not getting vaccinated? I don't believe so. So right, I'm no medical expert here. But I, I, I know that the CDC still recommends the vaccination regardless of your COVID status and whether or not you had it. Um, and I would defer back to medical professionals on that. Right. Well, but right. But I mean, from an employer standpoint, could an employer consider that a reasonable alternative to the vaccine? As an employer, I don't think that there's anything out there that has said, if you do that, there's not risk involved. Right. And so you might be kind of forging forward in your own path to do it. That's always your option. But I, I, I just wouldn't necessarily recommend that practice. Okay, so, so just kind of going to an example here, we recently heard about Delta Airlines. Uh, they're gonna add a $200 surcharge, monthly surcharge to those employees um, who wanna stay in the company's health plan, but are not vaccinated. So what, what do you think about that, Riley? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting tactic. I, I know some of the other ways that employers are also looking at doing this is maybe giving, um, instead of doing a surcharge, potentially doing a reduction in premiums for people who are vaccinated, right? So it's a little bit of like that carrot and stick that we're trying to motivate people to do. I do think that as employers especially get into the benefits realm of those 1-1 one -one renewals, they're going to see potentially, this is your world, Jeff, but increases be based upon people being ill with COVID. And uh, how do we as a company you know, want to motivate our employees to ensure that they're keeping their health forefront. Yeah, I well, I think though that there might be some. I might be making this up, or maybe um, maybe this is true. But there, I think the 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 stick approach mm -hmm. might actually be more effective in getting people to to engage in that behavior. If you're if you if the message is, it could be either you have to pay two hundred dollars more. Yeah. And everybody else, if you decide to be unvaccinated or, hey, guess what? You get to pay $200 less if you're vaccinated. The, the, the fear of penalty might impact human behavior more than, you know, than reward. 
Yeah. And I think going back a decade or so, or maybe even more, we saw this with a smoker surcharge, right. right? And I think that that's so common and people have implemented that companies have implemented that. And hopefully have seen success with that over time as well. Yeah. Uh, the state of Connecticut for its employees and retirees have what they call a health enhancement program. And they use the stick approach. They say, if you don't do these things, get your physical, your teeth cleaning, your eye exam, you know, there's a list of things that you have to do. And if you don't, there's, you pay more, you pay yeah. more in terms of a deductible, you pay more for your premium and they have um, high 90% uh, compliance with, with all those activities. And I think that they're held up as a, a, a bit of a benchmark or they've set the bar for participation in, you know, these well-being types of programs. I think you bring up a good point, Jeff, you know, when you're even bringing up that example, people are more incentivized to not get a penalty than they might be in order to get a reward, if that right. makes any sense. It's like, you like, how many times do I buy a product and like, oh, I could get a rebate, but <laughs> I have to print the form and I got to go to the post office and mail it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, eh, you know, it's $50, whatever. You know? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Whereas if it's like, well, look, you're going to have to pay an extra $50 if you don't fill out this form right now. Well, then I might fill out the form and save the money. So um, I, that's up to the employer, right? Six and one half dozen the other, I suppose it, you could, you could pitch it as a reward or you could pitch it as a punishment but either way, um, this is one way to sort of to sort of incentivize people. Yeah, and I do think Delta is the first that we've heard of in the big news. They're not going to be the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say this. I, th I thought Cigna had done something with their. Um, uh, I think they had given just a two hundred dollar bonus of rewards anybody who got a vaccine. So they took the reward approach. Uh, Delta is taking the uh, the punitive approach. Yeah. Riley, a few months ago, employers all over New England were, they were looking at Labor Day as sort of, okay, after Labor Day, we're going to get everyone back to the workplace. Uh, we're going to phase out the remote work. And, and now here we are finding more companies are sort of pushing this out further. You know, we're looking at October, November. Some have said, okay, beginning of 2022. Uh, any guidance for employers right now in, in what's the best way to tackle this, when to get people back into the workplace? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is having that open dialogue and communication with your employees. I, I know every single employer is going to be at a different stage of their quote unquote return to the office plan. So if you are purely remote or have started to dabble in some of that hybrid, I would absolutely recommend pulsing your team, even if it's through a quick, you know, survey monkey pulse survey where it asks them how they're feeling, you know, if they would if there are any concerns at hand that the employer can answer, making sure that we're communicating our ongoing safety protocols. I had a client who recently launched a survey at our recommendation and had a litany of questions from their employees where they didn't realize they their employees felt like they hadn't addressed these, these, this information yet. Mm -hmm. And so it is saying, you know, here are our protocols, here's what we're doing and why we're doing it having those ongoing conversations of are there benchmarks that might happen within the community, meaning what's the rise level of COVID in our specific city, town, state, and if it gets to a specific point, we're going to pull back, yeah. where we're going to launch forward. I also think, you know, back to school is huge for right now for a lot of people. 
making sure that we're providing that flexibility, especially to parents where there likely is going to be COVID outbreaks and making sure that flexibility is the name of the game and that they have the ability to, if possible, work remote when they need to. Yeah. Yeah. We, we should, you know, I guess flexible and adaptable. Adaptable is probably the word, right. You have to focus on is you have to be ready to kind of adjust and, uh, uh, an overused word these days, pivot, right? Yes. <laughs> let's let's pivot, right? Particularly at the individual level, and people are going to have extenuating circumstances and uh, maybe need to take a little more time before they get back into the office. Right. Um, but are, are employers, are your clients kind of talking about the, the, are they sort of running into work from home fatigue and, 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 loss of those sort of cultural, uh, the, the positive cultural impacts of having people together in the office. I mean, do you find your clients are really anxious to get people back into the workplace? Some are. And I think that some have found that remote work does work and work very effectively. I think it depends upon your culture. I have a few clients who really rely on that collaboration piece. And so they've gone to a hybrid approach where everybody's in the office three days a week and then everybody's remote the remaining two. And with safety protocols communicated, communicated, communicated. And it seems to be pretty okay for them at this point in time. I would also say that there's a mixed bag of those employees though, who say, I would rather be remote all the time, or I'd rather be fully in person all the time. So you're gonna have to really have those conversations and your managers having those conversations with your employees about where they feel and their engagement level is. I would absolutely say that there is a level of concern about people not being engaged, whether that be, we're forcing people back into the office and they don't want to be there. Or in this moment of time, they're losing that connectivity because they're behind the screen. Yeah. There's no one size fits all. You've just got to kind of figure out what's best for your organization. Are you running into clients at all, Riley, that, that, that have expressed concern about COVID being a, a um, you know, the, the vaccines and COVID protocols causing sort of bad negative tribalism and sort of division within an organization, right? Any, any organization that's got to work together as a team, you have to be together, you have to be united, you have to be one, you can't have people fighting one another on, uh, on these different, you know, various lines that are being drawn in the sand. And so are there employers that are, that are running into issues with em- employees sort of sort of getting into their own little gangs around COVID or or am I making that up? Well, I think you bring up a good point where there can be that us versus them mentality at some points where in trying as employees, when we don't, as an employee, when they don't feel like they have enough information, they try to make up the story on their own, right? Mm -hmm. And so, no, we won't be sharing everybody's vaccination statuses, but we will be confirming our safety protocols with people. And we will at level set that everybody needs to have a respect for one another. We don't know what's going on with somebody. We can never know what's always going on with somebody. So as an employee, as a colleague, as a manager, as a leader, we have to show the way of respecting one another at all of our uh, all of our turns. Yeah. So is that so? Would you say that's an important message? No matter what strategy an employer is taking, I mean, is it is it appropriate for the employer to say, "Listen, no, whatever the case may be, 
you know, we're not judging one another. We're respecting one another as individuals, and we're we're not going to tolerate sort of this, you know, and anybody feeling, you know, threatened or attacked or or vilified one way or the other. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that as a leader to be proactive and get in front of that and have that outward message, whether it be in an all staff meeting, a town hall, maybe an update of where we're at within the company based upon COVID in saying that very outright will be very important Mm -hmm. and speak um, eons to our employees. The other piece of that as well is making sure that employees know if you have a question where to go to. So you're not talking with your colleague about it. You know, my manager's door is always open. HR is always available to have this conversation. I know where I can ask these questions. Yeah. Don't, don't start talking amongst yourselves or poking one another, go to your manager to HR. If you've got concerns or questions. Uh, Well, what other questions are you hearing from your customers? I think we just hit upon the biggest one I'm hearing is trying to keep engagement levels up with employees during such a tricky time and certainly, you know, want to be focusing on keeping employees happy at work. I I know a lot of our clients are fearful if they haven't experienced already about the great resignation that's happening. So I know that could be its whole own podcast on how we combat that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that that's a huge topic of conversation. Yeah, good. Oh, good idea. We'll do a great resignation podcast. Yes. Uh, Riley, anything else we missed before we kind of do, you know this, you've been on before, we're going to do some rapid fire questions for you, but anything that we missed before we go there? I think we've really covered it all. And I think as always with COVID, we're bound to have new information as it comes to us. And so we always will be updating you, our listeners, as, as much as possible as we get real time updates too. Great. Okay, rapid fire questions. This is a new set of questions for you. This is a new season of Friends with Employee Benefits of the podcast. And so new rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Riley, we're heading into fall. What's your favorite season? It's fall. What about yours? Good for you. Uh, I don't know, Kayla. Should I divulge what my... I'm going to say fall too. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Favorite cake flavor? Oh man, I really would love chocolate cake um, and not, not gluten-free. Give me the real kind, real chocolate cake. Really? You want gluten cake? Uh, yes. <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Somewhere in the mountains. Uh, my first place that I've already been where I would likely go back to is out in Utah, but mm. anywhere in the mountains, throw me out there for a hike. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Really have no answer for this. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. You must have eaten it's something weird somewhere along the way. I really have like I genuinely nothing comes to mind. Mm, okay. What what would you say for that? I've eaten cow tongue. Oh. It I was have. horrible. That sounds so bad. That was horrible. It was the worst thing my mother ever tried to put on my plate. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it, you know it might not have been prepared the best way but uh it was not good okay that was a long time ago i'm over it uh lastly riley our theme this year at one digital as you know is rise 
we all went through a really tough 2020, the first half of 2021. But regardless, how are you going to rise this year and into 2022? Yeah, I I love that question, Jeff. And I think it's really a commitment to our clients to show up every day and provide them with the support that they're looking for and being that consultant and providing them with the options and advice, um, really becoming their business partner. Perfect. All right, Riley, thanks again for joining us. This has been a, a fun conversation, but also very informative. And uh, I always love having you as a guest. I'm sure we're going to have you back on before too long. Uh, thank you also, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate your listenership, if that's a word. And uh, this has been yet another episode of Friends with Employee Benefits. 